Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Ashley Gadd about stewarding our gifts. We talked about everything from how to determine what our giftings actually are to how we can use them for God's glory and not our own. Ashley is a wife, mother, a self-taught writer and photographer from Sacramento, California. When she's not dancing in the kitchen with her two boys, she loves curling up with a good book, lounging in the sunshine and making friends on the internet. Ashley loves writing about everything from motherhood and marriage to friendship and faith. Running coffee and crumbs is her dream job times 100. You guys are going to find her so encouraging. Listen to what she said when I asked her about using our gifts in spite of insecurities that we might feel. So we were talking about the fall in Genesis when Adam and Eve, they're hiding from God. And then Adam finally shows his face and explains to God that they were hiding because they were naked. And God says, who told you that? Who told you that? Four words. It's such a simple question, but it's one I can actually return to over and over again when I'm feeling insecure and those lies are creeping in and strangling me. If I start putting an actual voice to the lies that I am hearing, it becomes easier to know what, and more importantly, who to believe. Lest I tantalize you any further, let's move on to my conversation with Ashley Gad. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm so excited to connect with you. We have a mutual friend, Laura Whiffler, and when I first started the show, she was like, you know, you should really look into having my friend Ashley on. And so I started dabbling in the whole coffee and crumbs world and have gotten familiar with your work and it's been really fun. (laughs) I'm so flattered and also very intimidated. I was looking at your iTunes. I've been like binge listening to your show this afternoon. Trying oh, to no. I need to make sure that like, you know, you feel like my best friend by the time we talk. So I had to like get to know you via your own podcast. Oh, um, so and I'm so intimidated to be on your show. I was looking at just all the names. I'm like, oh my gosh, she had Ruth and Jamie Ivy and Jenny Allen and like all these women that I just admire and respect. And I'm feeling very out of my league right now. Oh, whatever. I have like one good thing to say (laughs) that people can walk away with. Well, I looked at your bio and I'm like, yes, she's like my age. Like we're the same age, which is really fun because I've talked to a few people that are my age, but most of the time it's kind of me like sitting at the feet of a mentor. And while I still feel like that, I am really excited to get to chat with somebody who's kind of more of a peer. Oh, girl, I'm 100% a peer. Like we're on the same level here. So (laughs) well, I'm so impressed, Ashley. I mean, I was looking at the history of Coffee and Crumbs and you really started that ministry like 2013, right? 2013 is when I had the idea. And then yeah, I launched the site in 2014. Yeah. That was pretty early on. I feel like I just found out about podcasts in like 2013. When did the podcast start? Because it originated as a blog, right? Yes. So Coffee Room started as just a super simple blog. We did two essays a week. It was so small potatoes. Two essays a week as a mom? Because you were a mom already, right? Well, I have a team. I have a team. Like I'm not the one that writes all of the content for Coffee and Crumbs. I contribute to the site right. once a month. But back then, um, did you have a team when you first started I out? Yeah, I launched with a team of That's around, wonderful. I don't know, I can't even remember. Maybe it was around eight or 10. Wow. Right off the bat. And the podcast, gosh, I can't even remember. I think it started in 2016. Okay. Because we had just wrapped up season two and it's 2017. And yeah, I think season one was last year. Okay, so tell me a little bit of kind of the vision behind Coffee and Crumbs and 
just explain to listeners the heart behind that ministry if they haven't listened to it yet. My hope for Coffee and Crumbs was to create a place where mothers could simply share stories with one another. Yeah. At the time, I felt like everything on the internet was sort of one of two things. It was either really clickbaity, divisive content, mm-hmm. or it was really advice driven yeah. and really kind of that Pinterest perfect, like 10 things to bring to the hospital or 10 ways to decorate your nursery. Just very, I don't know. I kind of just felt like the content that existed mm-hmm. on the internet for in 2013 was not great. I did not feel. Yeah. So it really came just out of a need that I had personally. I wanted to be writing about motherhood in significant and meaningful ways. And I wanted to be able to use my gift for words and my love of writing to tell stories about motherhood. So that was really kind of the pure vision behind the site from the very beginning. And then the Lord has just really blessed our space. I mean, far Mm -hmm. greater than I ever could have ever anticipated. So right off the bat, when we first launched, three of our posts went viral, which I had, I've been writing on the internet and have never gone viral. So that was just a totally new experience. But you know, we were just this teeny little humble site that no one had ever heard of before. And I feel like the floodgates opened. I mean, right away, we just had this huge following and really just organic a lot of people, we had really, really quick growth. And mm-hmm. that was something obviously we didn't expect. And yeah, we've just been able to pursue a lot of really cool opportunities because of that growth. Our first book came out this year, yes. which is, I mean, just insane. It's beautiful. Thank you. I still can't even wrap my head around the fact that we wrote a book and you can buy it in the bookstore. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, we'll link to the trailer, but I'm telling you, if you're a mom, like I cry when I watch that trip. Like I cry. <laughs> did it you cry so when you saw that for the first I, time? I did. Well, it was so fun to make that because it's our own footage. Wow. That was not really the publisher's initial dream or idea for the book trailer, but they were just going to use kind of stock footage and just, mm-hmm. you know, throw together like a random collection of mom moments to make up the trailer. And I was like, what if we just do our own home videos? I love that. This is our own videos we've taken on our iPhones. A few of us had photographer friends who came over with real professional cameras and filmed us. And I love the compilation of how it turned out. I was really happy with it. It was beautiful. And I definitely saw myself in it, which I think that happened because it's normal moms. Yeah, we're just doing like the everyday things. It's really sweet. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about your family and like what your actual days look like outside of coffee and crumbs? Yeah. So I live in Sacramento with my family. My husband and I have been married for 10 years. We just had our 10-year wedding anniversary over the summer. That's amazing. Brooks and I are about to have our six. I feel like six years feels a little bit more, you know, you're over the five-year hump, but 10 years, girl, you got some years under your belt. That's awesome. No, we've been together for 13. I really don't remember. I mean, my entire adult life, I've been with Brett. Were you guys high school sweethearts or college? We met this summer. So he's four years older than me, and we met this summer after... I graduated high school and he graduated college. We met that summer and have been together ever since. Yeah, 13 years later. It's crazy to think that we've been together that long. But it's cool because when you get together so young, you really kind of grow into yourselves together. I think that that's like a real blessing of our relationship that I've noticed over the years. It's really sweet. He seems very supportive of your gifts, which is what I wanted to talk to you about today. (laughs) And just the fact that he edits your podcast, I'm like, I know how much time, energy, effort, and just labor that requires because I edited my own show for a long time. And it's like, that's a lot. That's a labor of love for sure. It's a total labor of love. I know he actually took a little break this season because he had a lot of crazy stuff going on at work Mm. and we outsourced that. And I was like, Brett does such a better job. I think we need to get him back. (laughs) (laughs) Brett is really he's really OCD and he's kind of a perfectionist about the editing. And so, you know, when you keep it in the family, he cares about it as much as I do. When he knows when you sound your best and everybody else probably just thinks you always sound your best. When I can tell him really (laughs) dumb things like, oh, I said this thing that sounded really dumb. Can you cut this out for me? And I, you know, (laughs) don't say that to a a real editor. So. (laughs) Oh, really? Because I do. (laughs) I think I sound a lot more intelligent on the episodes that Brett has edited and the other ones. It's 
kind of not as great. So <laughs> I just convinced myself it's more relatable. <laughs> totally. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, tell us about your sons, and then I'd love to get into oh, the topic yes. of stewarding yes, gifts. I have children also. <laughs> I am a mom, and my whole work that I do is centered around motherhood. So I do have children. I have two boys. Everett is five, and Carson is three. And we would really love to have one more, maybe sometime soonish. So oh, we'll that's see so if fun. that's in the plan. But yeah, they are really, really sweet kids. I'm sure most parents say that about their kids, but. Well, that's saying something at the three-year-old age. I have a three-year-old right now and I was kind of, you know, thinking about talking to you today and I'm like, okay, good. Maybe I can get some like tips because we're on the struggle bus over here today. Yeah. My three-year-old is definitely the more difficult of the two and always has been. He was a more difficult baby. He was Mm. a more difficult toddler. He's just more difficult in general, but he has his moments. I don't know. Three. It's a hard age. That makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, they're trying to be independent, but they're still really whiny and uh, I don't know. I can tell there's a lot going on up there. Yes. Developmentally. Processing (laughs) so many things. (laughs) Well, I have seen you talk on Instagram, especially just about stewarding gifts. And it's one of the things that I think all of us are kind of interested in. Like we know we have them. We may not know what they are. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. So I wanted to have you on the show to talk about stewarding gifts. But before we get into that, I'd love to just kind of break that down because we talk about that in Christian circles. But what is a gift and how do we even steward it? Yeah, it's so funny because today I was looking over these questions again, trying to prepare. And I realized you and I never really touched base on what kind of gifts we were going to be talking about. So I'm going to tell you two definitions for gifts that I use and that I think most people will be able to understand. And I feel like throughout this conversation, I'm sort of talking about all types of gifts. So multiple definitions. So the first definition is just like a unique, maybe natural talent that the Lord has like weaved into our DNA. So these are natural abilities that we were born with that God created us with. And then the second definition would be spiritual gifts, which obviously if you run in Christian circles, you would know that spiritual gift is given to us by the Holy Spirit at the moment that we become a Christian. And yeah, for the sake of this conversation, I'm hoping we can kind of just like flow back and forth between the two. What are some gifts that we might have? Like, what are some examples of gifts that you're talking about when we're saying we were given gifts at the moment of conversion? What might we have been gifted with from a biblical standpoint? Off the top of my head, ones that I can remember are like teaching, serving, giving. Those are some of the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament that we are basically adorned with the moment that we accept Christ. A lot of people may share the same gift or have similar gifts. Those giftings really manifest themselves in different ways in every single person. So two people can have the gift of teaching, and that leads one person to teach at the college level, but it leads somebody else to teach four-year-olds at Sunday school. And it's really cool. I mean, that's part of what makes the world and the church such a beautiful, interesting, diverse place. I feel like God's design is really unlimited in that way. Like no two people are the same and there are seven and a half billion people on this planet. So just think of all the weird combinations of gifts that exist. You know, it's really incredible. It really, really is. Talk to me about what it is that we're actually stewarding these gifts for. Like what's the purpose of us even having been gifted in the first place? Mm. 
So stewarding your gifts means that you're taking care of them. And I looked up the definition because I didn't want to butcher it on the show. (laughs) And I wanted to make sure. That's so good. We really kind of like go into the definition of what it means to be a steward. So stewardship is the responsible overseeing and protection of something worth caring for. I never even knew that. There was another definition I read and I didn't write it down. It said something about like being the agent of something, which I also thought was a really cool way to look at it. But I love that first definition because it implies the thing that we are taking care of is really special. Yes. And the gifts that God has given us are special. He wants us to take care of them. I started thinking like if somebody gave you a really nice gift for Christmas and you came home and just threw it in your attic... That would be so offensive to the gift giver, you know, and God is the ultimate gift giver. He has given these gifts to us to open them, to use them, to put them on display and ultimately use them for his glory. That's really what we're stewarding the gifts for. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when you're saying kind of throwing the gift away and how that would be offensive to the giver. A lot of times we think that walking in humility in the way in which we've been gifted, like something that Mm -hmm. we've been given is like not actually using it, but we're not putting it on display for ourselves. Like you said, we are exercising that gift. We're taking care of it. We're nurturing it. We're growing it. God's really doing all of that in and through us, like for his own glory. Right. God doesn't want us to hide our gifts or bury them in the ground. That's not what we've been told. We've been told to shine our light before men and he wants us to go forth and use them and thrive in that. So Yeah, that's really exciting. So what about the person who's listening and they're like, man, well, (laughs) I don't really know what I've been gifted in. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not really a fan of those like online quizzes you can take. There's so much out there on the internet. I just feel like you kind of have to be careful. You can really go down the rabbit hole there and start taking all these online tests and quizzes and I don't know, like assessing yourself that way. So I prefer when it comes to like really knowing and understanding what your gifts are, I prefer to do that outside of the internet quizzes. So a couple of things that I would say, the first is simply to pray and to ask God what your gifts are and Mm. ask him to really make them apparent to you. The Lord has been so faithful in answering that prayer for me. He has affirmed in me over and over again Mm. what my gifts are. And it's been so much easier to walk confidently in those knowing that they're really from the Lord. So prayer is like my first plan of attack when it comes to knowing what your gifts are. The second one would be to pay attention. And I mean that in two ways. The first is to pay attention to yourself, pay attention to what makes your heart skip a beat, what makes you feel alive, what makes you feel excited. And then also to just pay attention to the hints that God is offering you. You might be getting affirmation from other people. You might be getting random emails or messages from strangers affirming something in you, affirming a talent or a gift in you that they see in you. And you have to listen to that stuff. It's really, really important, especially if you're hearing the same thing over and over and over again. You really need to pay attention to that. Yeah. And then the third one would just be to ask people in your life who know you well, what am I good at? What do you think my gifts are? Ask your husband, ask your best friend, ask your mom, your mentor, ask people that you do life with the talents and gifts that they see in you. I think that sometimes, especially for people who maybe aren't super self-aware or spend a ton mm-hmm. of time in like self-reflection and that way, like I spend a lot of time journaling and being alone and being introspective, but my husband doesn't do that at all. So he's really good at processing things about himself with other people. And I think that's pretty common with men, but I know other women too, who process better in groups or with other people. So verbal processor, ask someone that you trust. If you're having a really hard time identifying your own gifts, Mm -hmm. I would suggest like asking another person what they see in you. Totally. In some ways, I think community can kind of just be like a room full of mirrors, like asking the people around you (laughs) to see the sides of yourself that you may not see that clearly. Yeah. Those really weird angles, you know? (laughs) Totally. Like, this is such a bad example, but the ones where you're like, oh, shoot, I got a chin hair. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Hunter. I don't have chin hair. Those are more for, like, the sin tendencies, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You need somebody to show you the good angles. In all seriousness, though, you know, I had a mentor who he would ask the question, like, what makes your heart beat faster? And that was huge for me. And I didn't have somebody asking me to pay attention to those things until I was already 
through college. And we have a lot of girls that are listening that are, you know, just starting out with college in college. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, if you don't know what you're gifted at kind of as an individual you have time. Like you have a whole lifetime to work it out and God is sovereign even over this, right? So I think you listening to this is just the perfect time for you to take a step in your community and just to say, hey, you know, I don't really know what it is that God has put me here on this earth to do, but I want to figure it out. And then too, to just what you were saying to take experiences even and to put yourself in situations in which you have to ask the question, Mm -hmm. is this something that makes my heart beat fast or not? Mm -hmm. You know, particularly in college, I wish I would have done that with my major. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't I go and (laughs) do some shadowing and see like, is this really getting me fired up here? Or is this like me just checking the box? Because I don't really know what else to do with Mm -hmm. my life at this point. Someone influential at some point said this. I don't remember if it was on Facebook or a blog post or a podcast or whatever, but I heard somewhere that that perfect intersection is the thing that you're good at combined with the thing that you're passionate about. Hmm. And I loved yeah, that I like because that a lot. those are the things that you really want to figure out kind of when you're in college. Like, what am I good at and what do I really, really care about? Especially when you're in that place where you have your whole life ahead of you to pursue a career. You have, you know, opportunities at your fingertips to kind of get out in the world and really decide what it is that you want to do. And I don't think that you have to have that figured out when you're 22. You don't. No. I didn't get it figured out until yeah. way later. Be encouraged. <laughs> we didn't know. I had no idea. We wish we like could seven, go back. Yeah, I had like 17 jobs before I ended up doing what I'm doing now. So it's all a great experiment. And that's what your 20s yes. are for, more, more or less. But I think that keeping those two questions in the back of your head, what am I good at and what do I really, really care about? I am good at writing. That sounds really arrogant, but that's my talent or my gift or the thing that I really love to do. And I'm super passionate about moms. I'm crazy passionate about Mm. specifically new moms, moms who are just stumbling around in their first few years of motherhood just trying to survive and trying to make it all work and figure it out. Speak to me. (laughs) (laughs) I have a passion for you, Hunter. I really do. (laughs) I just love new moms like crazy. And that's why Coffee and Crumbs has just been so special for me because it's really allowed me to combine those things, to combine this love of writing, this love for new moms, and that perfect intersection. That is what Coffee and Crumbs is. And it's been so fun to just develop Mm -hmm. it and chase after it and step out in faith and just do that work. So yeah, I would just encourage if you have younger women listening to this to just keep those questions in the back of your head. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? Yes. That's going to be your dream job. Eventually, when you find the thing that combines those two things, that's going to be your dream job. And you're probably not going to get that when you're 22. No, just keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any 22 year old that has their dream job. Tell me this. What if we know what our gifts are? We've been told by other people, man, you're really good at working with kids or man, you are so good at service, man, whatever it is, but we don't like it. Like we don't like what we're being told. Yeah. What do we do if we've been given a gift that we don't want? Yeah, that is such a good question. Hunter, I'm feeling like this is a safe space talking to you here. So well, I'm when just... I said Shin here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. We've crossed the line now officially. So I'm going to just make a confession here. And I'm going to just admit that there is a gift that I have that I don't always like. Sometimes I do, but a lot of times I don't. And that is the gift of leadership. Yes. And God has put me in this role time and time again as a leader. And there are tons of aspects of leadership that I don't like. I do not always like being in charge. I do not always like being the main decision maker. Uh-huh. I don't like being in charge of the finances. and. I do not always love being the one who is ultimately responsible totally. for every single thing that you're going down first. Has. Yeah. If, if somebody's going down, it's Ashley Gad. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> and I don't always love that. No. Yeah. I told my husband before, you know, I feel like with coffee and crumbs, sometimes it just feels like I'm wearing a backpack that I never take off. Like I carry the weight of this work just with me all day, every day. Mm -hmm. It's this thing that I never check out of. I never clock out of it. I'm it's on me, weighing me down all of the time. Yeah. That sounds really dramatic, but it's the best analogy that I've come up with. And it can feel really heavy sometimes, but something I've realized over time is that 
I don't think there is any one gift that will feel easy and awesome a hundred percent of the time. Or job. There's not going to be a job where, you know, your giftings and your passion intersect, like you said, where it's always awesome. Right. Yeah. I think just because you have a gift and it is a gift, it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with that at different times or different seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of ebbs and flows. So solidarity, you're not alone. And then as far as like wanting gifts somebody else has, I think we're always going to be tempted to think that other people have it better than us, right? It's like our default human mentality. It's one of discontentment or scarcity. Oh yeah. Everyone just wakes up every day thinking, that the grass is greener on the other side. But when we switch to the mentality, I love the phrase, the grass is greener where we water it. Hmm. And I think when we just switch to that mentality of accepting the gifts the Lord has given Hmm. us and walking in faith in that calling, fostering those gifts because God has asked us to, that is where the greatest potential lies for us to bloom. Totally. And it's not about us, right? It's like, okay, you know, I mean, with us blooming, like we're reflecting our creator and we're reflecting his glory. And so I think even when we don't like it, it's like, well, ultimately (laughs) it ain't about what we like or don't. But I do think that somewhere inherently, like if you embrace these gifts, like you're saying, we will learn to love them. Oh, absolutely. And I think for my default with this question is also... God knows us better than we know ourselves. Yes. So who am I to question the one who created me? Absolutely. Like, what is he going to show us about himself in the way in which we exercise this gift? Right. God didn't make a mistake with giving us any gifts. Like, the gifts that we have from God were perfectly intended to be with us. Totally. So that's easier said than done to keep that in mind. It is. It definitely is, especially when something's going down with your gifting. That's just like not the sexiest <laughs> situation. <laughs> like, oh, oh man. Yes. My husband sometimes will joke and he'll just be like, I just want to go deliver mail, clock in, clock out. Totally. That would be so nice right now. Especially with marriage. I mean, Brett and I experienced this a lot. This is not really related to the conversation, but you know, when one parent is home a lot of the time, like my mm-hmm. husband has a very standard eight to five job and he commutes there. So he's gone the vast majority of the day and I'm home juggling the work at home. How am I working? There are kids everywhere and toys everywhere (laughs) and just total chaos. I mean, we both think this all the time that the other person has it easier than the other one. But really, if we were going to walk in each other's shoes every day, I mean, I think we know that we're where we are supposed to be. It's so true. It's hard to remember that, though. To rejoice in that. (laughs) Yes, it is. And just to take the situation and to say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me about your character and about yourself? Because I think through all of this, like our giftings, through our circumstances, through whatever it is that's set before us for today, the Lord is using those circumstances as an opportunity to draw us nearer to himself. So I think a lot of times our temptation is just to get kind of stuck, like staring at ourselves, particularly (laughs) when we're talking about like figuring out our own giftings. Yes. So the problem is we're not meant to stay looking at ourselves. God right. created us. We're meant to look at ourselves, say, okay, what is the way in which he's gifted us? And then reflect that back to him for his glory. And I think when we get stuck on ourselves, we get really insecure. And I'm saying this yeah. from experience. Because <laughs> honestly, I've really felt that way this week. And it's just... Sometimes you feel yourself kind of getting sucked down into that hole. I can get to feeling really insecure in the Mm -hmm. gifts that God's given me. So Mm -hmm. what do you do when you're scared to step out and to actually exercise the gifts that you've been given because you're just walking in insecurity? Yeah. Well, first, I just want to say I am still very insecure in my gifting. So you are not alone. And I don't think people assume that about me, but it's true. And I can't say it enough. I feel insecure being on this podcast right now. So <laughs> like, let's You're doing just great. level it down. Yeah. <laughs> but something I've been really working on recently is really paying attention to the words swirling in my head and knowing mm-hmm. what is from the Lord and what is not from the Lord. And we had somebody share a message at Mops recently that I loved. And when I read this question, it brought me right back to that talk. So I want to share a little bit oh, please do. about that. 
We're going to take a quick break from my conversation with Ashley so that I can tell you about our incredible sponsor for today's episode, Swap.com. As a mom to two little girls who seem to outgrow their clothes in literal seconds, I am all about discovering great discounts on gently used clothes. But you know what would be amazing? If I didn't have to dig through piles of clothing to find diamonds in the rough. Guess what? Such a place actually exists. Swap.com. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Between six to 10,000 new items are added daily. And if something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. No questions asked. Right now, Swap.com is offering a special discount for Journey Women listeners. You can get 40% off your first order plus free shipping. Use the promo code journey40 at checkout. Some exclusions may apply. Now, back to my conversation with Ashley Gad. Yeah, so we were talking about the fall in Genesis when Adam and Eve, they're hiding from God, and then Adam finally shows his face and explains to God that they were hiding because they were naked. Yeah. And God says, who told you that? Who Mm. told you that? Four words. It's such a simple question. But it's Mm. one I can actually return to over and over again when I'm feeling insecure and those lies are creeping in and strangling me. And I start thinking, I'm a horrible writer. Dude, this is good. Who told you that? No, like I'm not qualified to lead Coffee and Crumbs. Who told me that? Or I'm not a good mom. Who told me that? If I start putting an actual voice to the lies that I am hearing, it becomes easier to know what, and more importantly, who to believe. Because God has given me the gift of writing and the gift of leadership, and he's given me these children. I can walk confidently in my role as a mom and in those gifts because they're from him. And he has affirmed that in me over and over and over again. So this is still something I totally struggle with. It is not something I have figured out, but I would just encourage anyone listening the next time that you are hearing words swirling in your head that run contradictory to what God has said about you and your identity. You can just go to that question. Who told you that? Yeah. It's, It's a lot easier to make sense of it when you start putting an identity to what you're hearing. That's really, really good. I need to like write that on my mirror. (laughs) Seriously, it was, I came home from that mops day and I was like, this has changed my life. Of all the passages and just this, you know, random question from God in Genesis, like that's not really like a go-to scripture, I feel like, where I'm constantly, you know, digging around for treasures. (laughs) Seriously. But but there it was. (laughs) It always goes back to Genesis 3. (laughs) (laughs) Lately with me and my insecurity, when I'm thinking about my gifts and stuff like that, it kind of goes back to... Why is it that you're doing this? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for your glory? Are you doing it for God's glory? And even in my failures, like as I'm exercising the gifts, it's just such a cool opportunity to get to point people back to him. It's like, okay, yes, Genesis 3 happened. But the beauty of Genesis 3 is that then Genesis 3.15, like we see the hope of our Savior who is Jesus. And so for me, it's like, gosh, yeah, like, I'm going to fail in these giftings, you know, like I'm not going to exercise these perfectly on a day-to-day basis. I'm going to fail as a leader. Right. And it's an opportunity for me to look my face to Jesus and then to claim the glorious gospel. That's our very purpose for being here and for exercising all of these giftings. It's to point back to him. So I've just kind of learned this is painful. This is a painful experience because every time it happens, that I fail. And every time that I feel insecure, it's not easy for me to say, okay, you know what, Hunter? Yeah. Like you're really not that awesome. The only (laughs) awesomeness that you have is of the Lord and thereby you can rest in his awesomeness and what Mm. he has accomplished on your behalf through his son. So I'm an insecure mess as well. And I'm learning (laughs) to walk into the grace of the gospel and say, yeah, yes, less of me, more of Christ. Like the more insecure I am, the more I get to boast in my weaknesses and thereby his strengths. Yeah. Hunter, have you read Free of Me by Sharon Hottie Miller? No. Oh my gosh. You have to read it. Is that like my beach read? I'm going to the beach next week. 
Well, it's a pretty like intense, convicting read. So okay. I don't know what you like to read on the beach. I mean, yeah, sure, that's a good beach read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it's... different genres. <laughs> okay, there you go. So this will be your like this is Quiet gonna time. convict you book. Yeah, okay. it's one of the best books I read this year, and she talks all about that in this book of just getting the focus off of ourselves yeah. and how. We live in this selfie-obsessed culture that is all about glorifying the self over and over and over again. Yes. And how do we break free of that? It's so difficult in today's culture and in this world and on the internet. I highly recommend okay, that book. Okay, I can't I wait. Loved it. You should have her on your show. Ooh. She's so much better than me. What are you talking to me about? Like, you should have her on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, speaking of that, how do you keep the focus on God's glory and not your own glory when you're working hard to steward yeah. the gifts that you've been given and bring his kingdom down to earth? Yeah, you've already said all the things. I struggle with this so, 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 so much just being in a world that is loud, that is screaming the opposite of what God wants for us and what God says we should be paying attention to. Yeah. I think that I just really, really struggle with fighting the temptation to give significant weight to the opinions of others. Me too. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, and I can catch myself in it really quickly. Yeah. Like, when I'm spending time worrying about what people think about me and my writing and my website and my whatever. One comment on the reviews yeah. section of the podcast. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started <laughs> on Amazon reviews. Like I can't even go there. All of that. I mean, any energy spent on that is me focusing on my own glory. So, so to run true, Ashley. counterintuitive to that yes. is so hard because I feel like the messages that you get every day from the world and from culture are just the opposite. You know, it's how to be a better writer, how to be better at this, yeah. how to get great Amazon reviews. I mean, there's just guidebooks on how to build up your own glory in yeah. every sense of the word, everywhere you turn. That is what people are telling you to do. And really like, what I need to do is let all of those things fall by the wayside and just say, forget what everyone else thinks. Is God pleased with this? Is yeah. this work glorifying to God? That is literally the only question that matters. It's not You're what so are people right. saying about me on Amazon or whatever. Yes. So none of that matters. It's so hard to yes. keep that one and only burning question at the forefront when the world is like screaming the opposite at me. Yeah, we can even fall into that, I think, as sisters in Christ, which is really, really sad that the enemy uses that to get mm -hmm. at one another and to kind of yeah. paralyze us in our giftings. But I think sometimes I feel the most insecure when I'm sitting alongside my sisters. Yeah, And I've had seasons where, you know, I felt paralyzed by feedback or whatever it is. And then I think to myself exactly what you said, like if I stand before the father today, what would he say when he's looking yeah. at me? And I know he would say, I'm pleased with you, baby. And yeah. I just have to go back to that, you know, and then kind of dissect systematically, like, why do I care about, right. you know, the opinions of these other people so much? And then it, it doesn't matter. It yes. does, like none of it matters. But yes. it's how do you train yourself to remember that every yes. single day that none of it matters. It's so hard. I do think it's just that practice of the freedom of like self-forgetfulness, like what you were talking mm -hmm. about with that book. Yeah. I just read Timothy Keller's yeah. book, The Freedom of the Self-Forgetfulness. And I have a lot of work to do in this area, just in Same. continually looking away from myself and looking at Jesus. But man, there is grace right there because yes. it's like, even in this, we have an opportunity to preach the gospel to ourselves to come to greater understanding of the grace that we receive through Christ and to look away from ourselves and look to Jesus with every single stupid Amazon review that gets up <laughs> under our skin. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Preach, girl, preach. Well, tell me how we prevent burnout and fatigue when we're exercising our giftings and when we're just Ugh. working hard. Yeah, I've feel like I'm not the best person to answer this question because I am a full-blown type three on the Enneagram workaholic psycho. <laughs> but I will share a couple of things that I'm working on. Yes, I love this. I'm very much in the process. Don't want anyone to think that I have this figured <laughs> out because burnout and fatigue are very real. So yeah. we need to call that what it is. So the first one is just setting boundaries and giving yourself permission to rest, mm -hmm. which sounds like 
such a simple thing in theory, but I have found that in practice, mm -hmm. it is more difficult to actually like name it specifically helps. So mm. for me in 2017, I did start setting some boundaries with work because 2016 was a disgusting year for me, like work-wise. Really? I just, I ended 2016 in the fetal position on the floor. Yeah. Sobbing. I mean, it was not good. It was not great. I hired help in 2017. I hired a social media manager. I hired a content director. Those were the two first things that needed to be done in 2017. And then another just simple thing that I started doing this year was giving myself permission to rest on Fridays. I love and that. what that actually looks like is I do not work on Fridays. I don't answer emails on Fridays. I don't do anything that requires brain power on Fridays. I don't clean my house on Fridays. I don't do dishes. I don't do laundry. I'm like a slob. On that Fridays. is amazing. <laughs> I'm thinking about like not making the beds. Like that sounds I like fun. You, I said it on our podcast once and I started getting all these messages from these moms that were like, yeah, no clean Fridays. And I was like, oh dear, <laughs> these poor husbands. You started a I'm new movement. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who told you not to clean on Fridays? What podcast are you listening to? Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. I apologize to all the husbands out there. I apologize to your husband in advance should you decide to take this practice into account. But honestly, I just needed to give myself a day. Like I need mm -hmm. one day of the week where... A Sabbath. Yeah, I can just take a rest and I can stay in my pajamas all morning and I cannot, you know, Fridays I'm home with Carson, my three-year-old, my oldest is at kindergarten and we're just lazy. Like we don't do anything on Fridays. We might go out, do a play date with a friend or something, but it's all fun. Yeah. I let my kids watch one movie, two movies on Fridays. I don't even know, like it's fine. And during quiet time, I take that actual quiet time to not work, which it's the only day really that I don't work during quiet time is on Fridays. And I let myself just do whatever I want. And that's been really good. Whatever the day it is, maybe you can't take a whole day. Maybe you can take two hours once a week or whatever it is. I think yeah. just giving yourself permission to rest, actually naming a period of time that you're going to do that for yeah. is really good. Yep. And being disciplined about it because you have to yeah. work for that. I mean, that is just the principle of Sabbath, which I need to have a whole show on rest. Yes. You know, you have to prepare to not work on Fridays, right? Like yes. you're getting your stuff done on Thursdays because you know you're oh, not yeah. going to be able to work on Friday. And yes. I think that's such a healthy discipline. That's what the Israelites did back in the day when they were preparing for the Sabbath. Everything was prepared in advance so that they could yes. actually not do anything on the Sabbath. As I'm listening to you say that, I'm like, you know what I should do? I should really clean up a lot on Thursday nights to make <laughs> the mess less terrible on Fridays. I don't really do that right now. No, you know what? I'm a go harder go home person you just go for it all we normally clean on Saturdays, so it's like what's Perfect. the point by Friday I've pretty much just given up so <laughs> absolutely I love that we're airing this at the beginning of 2018 so I hope that as people are thinking through their you know new year and what their goals are for the year I hope that they will prioritize rest yeah something that I'm working towards as well it's really hard to do that when you just launch something or when you start a new yeah. job and I'm kind of in that to where I'm figuring out what that looks like. And I don't know about you, but when you were in the fetal position on the floor, I've been there <laughs> and I had to have somebody come alongside me and say, you yeah. know what you're doing right here. This doesn't need to be done this way. Yeah. You need to reevaluate the way that this has been, which is my assistant, Kimberly, who was on episode 32, the previous podcast to this one. So she's been a huge gift to me. That is integral. Just having cheerleaders for you as well. I mean, that is huge in preventing burnout and fatigue is yes. having people in your life who can speak truth and energy into you when you are running on empty. And I have my husband who I'm sure does not like to be referred to as a cheerleader, but <laughs> he is, he's my biggest cheerleader ever. And he's always there. And then um, Katie Blackburn is one of my writers on the Coffee Crumbs team. And she is just my go-to. I am just exhausted. I'm tired. I'm sick of doing all the things. I'm so spent. And she is, you know, usually one of the first people to talk me off the ledge. And it's just so good to have somebody that you can be honest and vulnerable with, especially if you work for yourself or run your own business. I mean, you just need somebody that you can confess that to because you might not have anybody else. You know, there might not be somebody above you that you can go to with that honesty or with those confessions. And it's just really important to have somebody in your corner. Why do we do this? What's the beauty in actually using our gifts for God's glory? And how have you seen doing this work itself out in your own life? Before I started Coffee and Crumbs, I had a number of random jobs. Like I was 
a nanny. I was a waitress. I worked in marketing and PR. I worked in hospitality. I was an executive assistant, just random, random, random jobs. Sort of what we were talking about with the college girls kind of, right. what, who am I? What am I mm-hmm. even going to do with my life? Like, what am I good at? Well, I actually really loved a lot of those positions. Mm. There was sort of this constant underlying nagging question. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this the right fit for me? Is this where God wants to use me? Best way I can describe it is just that I felt really unsettled and restless, which probably most 20-somethings feel that way for some of their 20s, I would imagine. But I will say that in terms of like transforming my life, from the moment that I started working on developing Coffee and Crumbs, back when it was just like an inkling of an idea, I felt an overwhelming peace about it that I had never experienced before. And I would say that while I still have doubts and I still feel insecure sometimes, Mm -hmm. I really have been filled with a real true sense of peace about the way that I'm using my gifts right now. And that in itself has transformed my life in that I wake up every day incredibly grateful for the work that God has set out in front of me. For the first time, I just, I really feel like I'm walking in step with God. Like things are being set in front of me, clear as day. People, conversations, projects, opportunities, new relationships. And I have just this like total peace and clarity and feel really in sync with what God's vision is for my life right now. And I had never had that before. So I feel like that has really transformed my life just in kind of like my day-to-day mm-hmm. work. And I just, I don't really question it. I'll question whether or not I'm a good writer and I'll question whether or not I made the right decision. I'll question whether or not I'm equipped to lead a team of women who are much smarter and more talented than I am. But I never question whether or not this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. It feels Mm -hmm. like I found my lane, like God just carved out this lane just for me and I'm in it now and I know where I'm going and I know what I'm supposed to do. And my prayer is that I can just stay on that path, that I can just be faithful in following the steps that he's putting out in front of me. Hmm. And I should also say that like, I have no idea how long I will do this. I have no idea if Coffee and Crumbs has five years left, two years left, 10 years left. I know I won't do it forever. But now that I know kind of what this piece feels like, I feel way more Uh confident being able to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit into whatever he is guiding me into next. So I have no idea what that will be or what that will look like or what the time frame is, but I feel, yeah, just really at peace Uh with being able to follow the direction, which is really cool. Trusting the Lord. It sounds like he's really built your trust in him through this process. And even thinking like about those job descriptions that you laid out, it's crazy to see how he, even in nannying, I mean, now you're reaching out to moms, like how he has used the things that he has set before you in his sovereignty to prepare you for what he has prepared for you, which is coffee and crumbs right now. Who knows what it'll be five years from now, but I think that's what he does. That's what he did with the Israelites back in the desert. Sometimes we walking through the desert and we wondering where the (laughs) heck we going. He continues to build our faith as we do that. He continues to get the Egypt out of us and to make us more into the likeness of his son. And so it's exciting to think about what it is. And I really, truly believe that every single listener can walk in the gifts that Mm -hmm. he has given them today. It's so amazing also when like you have this tiny little idea or this tiny little vision and then God grows it into something beyond your wildest dreams. And he really has shaped what Coffee and Crumbs is today. I mean, what Coffee and Crumbs was to me back in 2013 is so different from what Uh, the Lord has like molded it into. At the time, like when I first set out, you know, I had this team of, it was a handful of friends like, hey, I'm starting this website. I want to write about motherhood. Like you all like to write and you're all moms. Do you guys want to do this with me? It was just so casual. It was not this like, oh, I've put so much thought into it. And here's our mission statement. It was like, I don't know, I'm just going to start this little blog. And it's been so amazing to watch what has transpired. I really feel like at the time, I didn't even really understand on the ministry front kind of where Coffee and Crumbs was going to land in that. Like, are we 
a Christian website? Are we like, what are we, you know? And people have started asking me this question more, which has caused me to think about it more and to really pray for discernment. Like, Lord, can you just show me like, what are you wanting this to be? I didn't even really think about it, you know, in 2013, when I just like bought a domain on Squarespace that wasn't even like in my mind really. And it's been really cool because over time, I have really seen the Lord put a clear vision on me for Coffee and Crumbs, where we are sort of in this space where women can be witnessed to without being necessarily preached Mm -hmm. at. I don't know if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is there is a ton of content out there in the secular space for moms. There is a ton of content out there in the Christian space for moms. But there isn't necessarily a space that is like a bridge between the two. And that's really what I want for Coffee and Crumbs. Like I want Coffee and Crumbs to be a place where women can feel safe and comfortable. Women who maybe would never set foot in a church. Like their guard is up Mm, and hurt or for whatever reason, their hearts are hardened. And they maybe want nothing to do with church or Christianity as a whole. But they feel Mm -hmm. totally safe and at home at Coffee and Crumbs. And I don't mean that in like a manipulative way that I'm trying to like, you know, right. get non-believers in our sites so we can like secretly witness to them. It's more of a, my prayer has always been from day one, from the very beginning, Lord, I just want to plant seeds. Like I want to plant seeds of faith mm. in our site, in our space. And I want you to help us do that. And that has been like the coolest part of growing Coffee and Crumbs for me is that I've really seen the Lord mold that into something that is like very recognizable to me that in the very beginning, it was blurry. I didn't even know. I mean, it wasn't even totally on my radar. And now I can say with confidence, like coffee crumbs is like a dinner table. We're not church. Our site is not a church. We are a dinner table. Like we want you to come in and fellowship with us. And if you hang out with us long enough, like you're going to hear about Jesus at some point. It's been really cool to watch coffee and crumbs like evolve into what it is today because I had nothing to do with that. It's crazy when you look back and you're like, you know, I'm just not that talented like, <laughs> god had to have his hand on this kind of thing yeah i could not have foreshadowed like how that was all gonna play out so <laughs> thank god literally that he was orchestrating that yeah i mean so much of it is just kind of working itself out and that's the exciting thing about walking with jesus is that's a continual process so what are three resources that you'd recommend for somebody who is working that out right now and wanting to steward their gifts for god's glory a little bit better? Okay, so the first one is the book A Million Little Ways by Emily Freeman. I love that book. It's all about how we were created to be artists and how we're made in God's image and he's the ultimate creator. I feel like it's geared a little bit more towards kind of creatives, you know, like that type of gifting, but it's great. I love that book and highly recommend it. Cool. That's one. The second one would be the Enneagram. Do you know what type you are? Yes, I know I'm a type one. So many people have told me about what type I am, but I don't really know about any of the other types. I know about type sevens. I know a little bit about type threes. Now I know about type nines. But anyways, I need to read the whole book is what I'm trying to say. Yes. The whole Coffee and Crumbs team has been like geeking out over the Enneagram for six months. It's like all we talk about. So the Enneagram is my resource tip. I think that it's so fun and interesting to dig into your personality and learning about yourself and taking that time to understand the way that you do things and the way that you think and the way that you are motivated, that's only going to serve you well when it comes to stewarding your gifts. So I highly recommend checking out the Enneagram. Yes. I'm at the point where I got to get to other people so that I can serve them well, because I know about myself (laughs) a little too much, but I'm excited to learn more about other people. It's been helpful for me, like leading the Coffee and Crumbs team, because everyone has told me what their type is. And It's like, oh, okay, so this is how I work well with you. Like, I understand our relationship better. It is. It's very fruitful for, like, relationship building. Okay, cool. Another beach read. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last one, I don't know if this is, like, a resource, but I just put asking your church what you can do for them. Yeah. So if you're just, like, walking around aimlessly having these gifts and talents in your pocket, but you just have no clue what to do with them, ask your church. Your church will be so grateful that you asked. Seriously. Our church does this really cool thing every year called iFit, where they dedicate a couple of Sundays in the year to like setting up these booths in the courtyard. And it's like all the different kind of teams that like serve and do different things at the church. And 
they kind of just want you to walk around and figure out basically where you fit. Like, Mm. where do you belong? Like, what are you good at? Who do you drive with? Like, what can you do here? Yes. That was awesome because the last time I went to iFit, I realized that our church had a creative team. I didn't even know that until I went to iFit. Our church has a creative team and they needed help with Instagram and photography. And I was like, I got this guys. Totally. So I now like serving on a regular basis, doing those things for the church. And that is awesome, Ashley. It's been really cool. And it's so fun to just figure out how to use the gifts that you have within the church body. It's been really fun. Actually, so funny. You talked about my husband editing our podcast earlier. And at our old church, he started putting the sermons online. That was like his, he was looking to serve and they needed somebody to do that. So he totally knew how to do a podcast. Yeah tech savvy. So he's like, I could put the sermons online. So that's how he started messing around with audio files. And that's how he subsequently like started editing our podcast was from doing sermons for our old church. I could probably geek out with him because I've learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to box you about that. It's so funny because back to talking about like what he's prepared you for, like I studied speech pathology in school and speech path is really, really cool. But like the only thing I'm using from that is the sound waves class that we had. <laughs> That's really funny. I was a communications major. So everyone's cool. going to be like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of using some of that. You absolutely are. You're killing the game with it right here. What are three of your simple joys? This is a question that I ask every single guest that comes on the Journey Women podcast. Okay. So these are not spiritual in any sense. So there's my disclaimer on that. Perfect. One of my simple joys is popcorn. Yes. You popcorn literally every day okay is it like popcorn in a bag are you like whirly popping your popcorn or is this popcorn I feel like I really need to up my game because (laughs) actually I buy this popcorn that comes in a box it's so weird so you put like literally put the box in the microwave and then it pops it in the box but I go back and forth between box and bag I'm just a straight up microwave girl simple love it I kind of think maybe I should get a popcorn maker though because I like it so much yeah they're pretty cool I have like the old school whirly pop where you like twist the little handle and I don't know that I'd recommend that (laughs) like I like the ones that are more kind of machine oriented and it kind of pops it into the bowl for you that's exactly what I'm talking about Christmas wish list popcorn is one candles are another one I have candles lit all over my house all the time I just mm, can't get enough favorite kind of candle do you have a favorite brand yes I do it's candles c-a-n-d-e-l-l-e I feel like I saw you post about this or something oh my gosh I'm obsessed with all of their scents mm, they are so good they're all just like homemade it's like a little husband and wife team in Pennsylvania and I just I love them. I love supporting them. And yeah, they make beautiful, very delicious smelling candles. Mm. Oh, and they have a line called Punny Candles. Ooh, they're that's they're like puns. So just all the names of them are just really funny. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, it's like a Laffy Taffy yeah. candle. Yeah, totally. Perfect. I just, I love her. I'll yeah. have to look into that. And then my last one is $4 flowers from Trader Joe's. Oh. I mean, come on. So we have a Trader Anything Joe's. Anything from down. Trader Joe's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Especially this time of year because everything is chocolate and peppermint and I just want to eat all of it. But every Sunday, our church is like right down the street from Trader Joe's. So we go to church and then we go to Trader Joe's on the way home. You know, that is my dream. (laughs) I don't have Trader Joe's anywhere. Yes, we live in a military town, so there's like no personality. (laughs) I have to drive an hour to get to Trader Joe's, but I do it. Okay, Hunter, you need to send me your address and I'm going to, I'm not kidding. I will do this for you because you deserve it. Like it is Christmas. This is my Christmas gift to you. I am going to go buy all of the chocolate. I'm not joking. I'm going to buy all the chocolate peppermint things from Trader Joe's and or whatever else you want. I will send you a box. A little two buck chuck. Put it in there. You need, yes, it's just. Trader Joe's is my happy place. I love it. And That's every wonderful. Sunday, I buy myself a bouquet of flowers and I because it's put it $4. On the, yeah, it's $4. I put it on the kitchen table and like all week long, even when my house is a total mess and there's toys everywhere and crumbs all over the floor, it's just this little tiny piece of sanity that makes me happy. Yes. So that is way better than a latte, my friend. <laughs> it's a week long latte. Yes, exactly. And it's been cool to hear you talk about your walk with the Lord and how he's grown you. And I just love to hear who it is that's really played a part in that. I had so many people that came to mind with this question. So I'm going to settle on the one that I wrote down that I've prepared to talk about. And that is my high school teacher. I had a high school teacher named Mrs. Taylor and she was married to a pastor. They had four kids. Mm. They were preparing to move 
to South Africa to start a church plant there. This was, I think this happened like the year after I graduated from high school. And yeah, their whole family was getting ready to move to Africa. Her husband had gone a couple weeks beforehand to kind of get things ready and was walking outside on a path and a boulder became loose from a cliff above where he was walking and Oh. fell on him and just killed him instantly. Oh my goodness. Him. It was Ugh. like a freak accident. And it was the first time in my entire life that I remember thinking, how could God have let this happen? Mm. Like that question had never even come into my brain before that moment. I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed mm. and could not even imagine. It made no sense to me. Nothing about it made sense to me. I watched Mrs. Taylor walk through that wow. grief with her eyes on Jesus, mm. faith unwavering, and I will never forget it. She still moved to Africa a couple of years later with two of her kids to carry out the original mission that God had put on their hearts, and wow. it was really the first time in my life that I had just bore witness to what real faith looks like when the unimaginable happens. And she is still just somebody that I think about constantly. And I've never forgotten that, that story. Wow. It has just really stayed in my heart. That's so. tremendous. It is truly an encouragement just to get to watch our sisters, our brothers walk out their faith. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, Ashley, because you do that so well. And it's an encouragement to me to watch how you are stewarding the gifts that God has entrusted to you for his glory. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing about so that much. with us today. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, again, so flattered, feel ill-equipped to be here, but I hope maybe one thing I said is useful to anyone. I really appreciated Ashley's vulnerability, particularly on the topic of stewarding our gifts for God's glory. The part of our conversation that really stood out to me was when she told me that she asked herself, who told you that when she's feeling insecure about who she is and what she's doing here? If you'd like to connect with Ashley for more wisdom nuggets like these or listen to the Coffee and Crumbs podcast, you can find all of that information on our website at journeywomenpodcast.com. It's not how to be this anymore, but it is listed under the show notes per usual. By the way, happy belated new year. We have lots of great topics coming your way this year, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on whatever app you're using to listen in. As always, if you're enjoying these conversations, the best way that you can support us is by sharing this show with a friend or many of your friends on social media. It's such a blessing when you guys do that. Listen, I love journeying with you all, and I cannot wait to be with you again next Monday. Have a great week.